0: Every day, thousands of vulnerable people are being trafficked into slavery for commercial gain. There are almost 50 million men, women, and children around the world who are being held as modern day slaves. Human trafficking is a $150 billion industry and the fastest growing organized crime. What can be done to fight this evil? When faced with the statistics, it can seem overwhelming. But when a lot of people do a little, it all adds up and makes a difference. Here at New Frontiers Church, we are passionate about playing our part. And for good reason. As Christians, we know that all people have been made in the image of God and therefore should be valued and treated with dignity and respect, rather than treated as objects. We also see that in the Bible, God identifies with the vulnerable and desires to bring them justice. When Jesus came, he quoted from Isaiah 61, saying that he had come to proclaim good news to the poor and freedom for the captive, and so as his followers, we're called to do the same. It's why members of our church support the work of organizations like International Justice Mission and A21, but we're also directly involved in this work ourselves. In this video, you will hear about some of the ways we have been able to help rescue and restore people from slavery over the past few years and what we're currently doing today. It all started over 20 years ago when one of our members, a man named Marian Narona, went to Nepal and purchased 42 slaves and their families out of slavery in Jesus' name. To tell us more about it, here is Laura Coppinger. It was 20 years ago that Marian Narona established Bridge to
1: Nepal, a project that works alongside former slave communities in far west Nepal. Nepal is an amazing and beautiful country situated between China and India. With its Himalayan mountains and lush fertile plains, it has 285 different people groups. Marion had read a newspaper article about indentured servitude in Nepal, which is a form of slavery. Impoverished people who borrow money or food would end up working for their creditors and become even more indebted as living costs would get added to their ledger of debts. These debts would get passed on to the next generation so that a family had no hope of ever freeing themselves from their bondage. Marion's heart was moved as he read of their plight and he began to conceive a plan to help. God had blessed his business, TurboCam, and so he directed some prophets, not only to redeem families, but also to buy land on which they could live and work so they could provide an income for themselves. On his first visit, Marion was able to redeem seven families. For each family, there was a ledger detailing what was owed. When the debts were added up, a bill of sale was written and then payment made. Marion had explained to them how they were now free, but they also had a spiritual debt that Jesus had paid with his blood and that if they received his offer of salvation, they would be redeemed forever. Mary and his friends were able to redeem 42 families in total and were instrumental in seeing the Nepali government outlaw this injustice. Over the years, this amazing work has continued with the building of villages, churches, a medical clinic, as well as a number of schools, all with the goal of bringing former slaves out of generational debt and poverty. Blue. Recently, Bridge to Nepal has been involved in providing resources for COVID-19 relief. There are over 5.5 million Nepali people working abroad, many in India, who have lost their jobs due to the pandemic and are returning home with no money to feed their families and carrying with them a risk of infection. Hundreds have committed suicide because of their desperation and several have also lost their lives because of starvation. And if that wasn't enough, Recent flooding has also added to their suffering. So far, Bridge Nepal has given almost $20,000 in relief funds to those most impacted. The first $3,000 raised was from New Frontiers Church. Madan, one of our partners in Nepal, tells us that they have been able to serve over 350 local families with food items and soap and over 1,000 migrant workers with dry food and water who were walking on the highway. They also distributed gloves, Masks and hand sanitizer to local police and army who are serving the local community. Food items, soap, and masks have also been distributed to needy families through their three schools and to the ex bonded slave communities where there are many who rely on daily wages and, since a lockdown, have been in desperate need. On behalf of Madan and our workers there, thank you for your generosity it is making a very real difference, especially among the poorest of the poor and those who have been freed from their bonded slavery. If you are interested in keeping up with our work in Nepal or would like to contribute financially to the relief work, please go to bridgetonepal.org.
0: Thank you, Laura. One of the biggest slavery issues today is sex trafficking. Every year, millions of vulnerable women and children are trafficked for sex around the world. Brothel owners often lure impoverished women with promises of a legitimate job, but then force them to sell their bodies over and over again. At other times, these traffickers trick families into giving up their young girls, or they kidnap them to fetch a high price in the sex trade. Controlled with fear and violence, trafficked victims are left vulnerable to repeated abuses and disease. Many lose hope of ever getting help. Here is a video from International Justice Mission highlighting one girl's story.
2: Ang buhay ko po nang bata pa ako is napakasaya po kasi po marami pong um, adventurers, kasama po yung kuya ko, kapatid ko, mga kaibigan. Kahit po mahirap lang kami, pero masaya po yung, yung panahon na yon yung, yung pinakamalaking pagsubok po sa amin. Dungating no? po yung panahon na nagkasakit po si Papa, ako po ay labindalawang taon na no? nawala po si Papa. Gusto ko kapag ipon para po ko yung kapatid ko. Dalawampot dalawang taon na nung nag-apply po ako sa bar. Yung manager, is namin milik po na sumayaw, lumapit po sa customer, tas iinom po. Pagkatapos po, yung iba po minsan, didiretso po sa hotel, gagawin po yung kung ano yung gusto na ipagawa ng customer. Ako po ito rin ito bilang isang halipin lang. Ayun nga po. Na nakakalungkot po. Na nakakatakot. Na nakakahiya. Kumukuha po ako ng lakas sa kapatid ko po yung mga ginagawa ko din ay ako po na siya sa akin. Maraming po siyang naranasan. kaya iniisip ko pa lagi yung kapatid ko na para sa kanya 'yon. Para makagraduate siya para hindi niya maranasan yung mga nararanasan ko. Nakaalis po po doon sa pamamagitan ko ng mga pulis po, may mga dala po, may mga kasama pong social worker neres rescue nila kami at nila kami sa isang safe na lugar. Marami pong ang IJM sa akin. Tinulungan din po nila akong mag- ma- mahanapan po ng isang ligtas na lugar kung saan po magiging, magiging masaya, makakapag-move forward po at magkaroon po ng bagong pag-asa, bagong buhay, makapag-aral. Ang pinag-aaralan ko po ngayon ay business ad. Pangarap ko po na pag nakatapos na po ako na pag-aaral, magtatrabaho po ako, pag-iipon. Nang po sa mga hinaharap ay makamtan ko po yung, yung pangarap ko po na makapagpatayo po ng isang pagawaan po ng ice cream na yun po yung uh, iniwan po ng papa namin para po sa amin palagi tang puno paalala po lamang si papa at maninirahan ko sa puso namin among buhay ko ang sumisimbolo po sa sa buhay ko ay isa pong ibon sapagkat hindi po ako yung palagi pong nasa kulungan nasa isang isang lugar nasa isang isang tabila lamang po palagi nagpapasalamat po ako sa mga tumulong sa akin Dinig po nambagum rin nang bagong pag-asa po upang mamuhay po ng normal.
0: Elsa's story is the story of thousands of young women around the world. At New Frontiers Church, we have our own story to tell. It's the story of Maya, and here to tell it is Carla Rogers.
3: So one of the big issues in Nepal that has come to our attention in recent years is that tragedy of human trafficking. It's estimated that every year 10,000 girls are trafficked across the border from Nepal into India, where there's a very active and booming sex trade. One story is of a young girl and her name was Maya and Maya was sold at age of 15, unbeknownst to her family, to a sex trafficker who they thought was actually a man she was marrying and a husband and then she just disappeared from her village after that. Her family had no idea what had happened to her until nine years later when she returned to her village and when she returned to her village she was almost unrecognizable from the multiple beatings that she had received. She was partially paralyzed in her face and she was dying of AIDS. Um, Her pimp back in uh, India had basically lost his use for her. She was sick. She was of no use to him anymore. So he gave her some money and said, go back to your village. How was she greeted in her village? Not the way. That you might expect she was rejected by her father and her brother she was now considered unclean so she was shunned by everybody in her village but it was her older sister Sylvie and Sylvie's mom who really took care of Maya until she passed away three months later Maya's story could be the story of thousands of girls who are trafficked every year in India, Nepal, and all around the world. A few years later, Sylvie came to know Jesus. She was a Hindu before that, and then she came to the faith um, in Jesus. And she began having this recurring dream of a woman with tears running down her face. And then she saw this image of a train running from Nepal down into India. And she felt the Lord saying to her, I have other women like Maya for you to help. So in 2001, Sylvie and her husband James picked up what little they had and they moved to Mumbai, India to answer this call that the Lord had put on their lives. James and Sylvie have spent nearly 20 years now ministering in the red light districts and the slum areas in Navi, Mumbai. So that's uh, kind of on the outskirts of Mumbai. In that time, they've rescued over 100 women from sex traffickers and 95 children from brothels. They adopted one of these children, and he's now 17 years old. He's he's their son, and he's working with a desire to go to university one day. He's now a member of their family. And they've also started fellowship groups in several slum areas, small churches that have um, started up in some of these slums. Two years ago, New Frontiers Church took up an offering of $12,000 to support James and Sylvie's ministry, and I had the honor of being the one to deliver these funds, or some of these funds, and visiting them to see their work firsthand. I spent three days in Mumbai, where I visited a slum church behind a railroad station, a red light district down a narrow alley, and I worshipped Jesus in a brothel. And in this brothel, I met some of the women that that James and Sylvia are working with. Many of them just wanted prayer for their children that had been born to them by their Johns, or random men. Some of them didn't even know, most of them didn't even know who the fathers were of their children. And they wanted prayer for healing. Most of them were sick. Many of them had lots of areas of pain in their bodies. And as I laid hands on them and prayed, I realized that If you stripped away the exterior things and everything that made us seem like we were so different, I realized that at the heart, we were very much the same deep in our hearts. We were mothers who loved our children and wanted the best for them in this life. It was such a privilege to see firsthand the fruit of James and Sylvie's labors as they wipe the tears of these women and point them to Jesus. Recently James and Sylvie have been asked to provide help to three middle-aged Nepali women who want to leave the brothels and middle-aged basically means that they're kind of aging out of their profession. So plans are being made to move these women along with about five children to a safe house in Nepal. These are Nepali women and that safe house is standing by ready to receive them Um, All of these women will need proper documentation when they were trafficked into uh, India, they were probably just carried across the border with no documentation, so they don't really have any papers. So we're in the process of trying to get some documentation for them. And because of the COVID situation right now, travel's locked down, so they are not able to, to get to Nepal at this time. So those restrictions will need to ease up before they can actually travel to Nepal and land in the safe house. This rescue operation is probably gonna require about $1,500 of funding, which will be primarily for transportation and then any other basic needs of food, clothing, Uh, miscellaneous things during the transition so we're thinking it's about fifteen hundred dollar financial need to complete this rescue operation so if you could please be praying that the documentation can be arranged in a timely manner you could pray that um, the lockdown restrictions could ease up so that they could actually travel to Nepal and begin the journey to their their new life in their new place and getting settled into this safe house Please, please pray for protection for their health and their safety during this journey and also um, that all the necessary finances can be raised for this operation. And also, lately, James has been not well. We were a little scared that maybe he had contracted COVID, but as it turns out, he actually has malaria. He was really weak for a while, but he is doing better. He's um, on the mend, still feeling a little bit drawn. But he's been so blessed to hear that our church has been praying for him. So he wants me to just send his gratitude and greetings from himself and his family to say thank you for the prayers. Please just continue to pray for him and Sylvie and their family, for their health, their safety, their protection. This battle is a spiritual battle. And the enemy would like nothing more than to take out those on the front lines. And that is James and Sylvia and their family. They are on the front lines of this injustice of sex trafficking. They are on the front lines of serving the Lord in a part of the world that is so hard. And we just um, are privileged to be able to call them friends and to be a part of what they're doing. So thank you so much for listening to this story. And thank
0: you for your prayers and your support. Thank you, Carla. If you would like to join with us in making a difference in the lives of these vulnerable women and children, then please go to newfrontierschurch.com give and select Give to Nepal. Physical slavery is not the only slavery that we should be concerned about. There is a slavery that affects every one of us, and here to tell us about it is Isaac Moore.
4: Micah 6, 8 says, And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. You know, I am so proud to be a part of a church that really seeks to make a difference in the ways that we have heard this morning. One that seeks to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. You know, the Bible teaches us that slavery is is something that has affected every single one of us. In fact, bringing freedom to the enslaved is at the very core of Jesus' mission while here on earth. After spending 40 days in the desert, Jesus sort of bursts onto the scene with his inaugural message. And what does he talk about? He talks about bringing freedom to the oppressed. If you'll turn with me to Luke chapter four and beginning in verse 16, it says, he stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. And this is Jesus speaking. It says, the spirit of the Lord is on me Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him and he began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now, I, I always love this story because it is such a mic drop moment from Jesus. I mean, just picture this scene here. Jesus is sort of a guest speaker in the synagogue. This is his first message. And he, he opens up to the book of the prophet Isaiah. And he reads from a passage that everyone in the room would have known is pointing to the Messiah, pointing to the Savior that they have been waiting for, that everyone in the room has been waiting for. And he just so casually just sort of rolls up the scroll, hands it off to the attendant. And it even says that he sat down and that the entire room, all the eyes in the room were fixed upon him. I I just imagine you probably could have heard a pin drop in this scene here. And he just sort of sits there. I imagine he's just sort of sitting there waiting for the tension, just sort of to wait in the air. And then suddenly he says, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing mic drop <laughs> you can just i just imagine just the eruption of emotion shock and awe everyone in the room probably some are thinking no way could this possibly be is this true now others are probably thinking no this is heresy how can he be allowed to say that this is not okay now in this message Jesus wasn't just referring to slaves owned by other people he was actually speaking to something much deeper now later on in his ministry Jesus kind of kind of sets another uproar a little bit in another statement that he makes and this time in John chapter 8 if you'll turn with me uh, beginning in verse 31 he says if you hold on to my teaching you are really my disciples then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free Now everyone who's listening is saying Jesus what are you talking about we've never been slaves How then can you say that we're going to be set free? So Jesus responds in verse 34 by saying, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. You see, the Bible teaches us that all of mankind was born enslaved to sin and ultimately to death, every single one of us. But as we learned or as we read in Luke chapter 4, Jesus came to proclaim freedom for all of those in bondage to sin. Out of his love for us, he came to take our place, to take on all of our sin and to die in our place so that we wouldn't have to. But the story doesn't end there. Because, because death could not hold him captive. And he rose again three days later to new life, rose again in victory and in power over sin, so that anyone who believes in him, who puts their faith in him, will be raised to new life as well as sons and daughters of the living God. By simply putting your trust in Jesus and identifying with his death on the cross, you are simultaneously raised to new life as a son or daughter of the living God. Paul picks up on this theme in his letter to the Galatians um, in, in chapter 4, if you'll turn with me, beginning in verse 3. He says, We were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, that is Jesus, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Now, because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts and the spirit who calls out Abba, Father, so that you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Just amazing truth. And as Jesus spoke about in John chapter eight, a son or daughter belongs to the family of God forever. Nothing, absolutely nothing, can separate you from the Father's love. My question for you this morning is, do you know this love today? Do you know Jesus today? Have you experienced this freedom Experience this freedom as a son or daughter of the living God, living in his love for you. See, by simply putting your trust in Jesus, you can be completely free today. And as Jesus said, whoever the Son sets free is free indeed. This is the amazing truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I pray that it sets you free. Will you bow your heads with me? Thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you, Father, for sending your Son Jesus to take our place and to set us free from sin. Holy Spirit, I pray that you minister to all those who do not yet know you and that you reveal this truth to them even now. Father, I pray fill them with your Spirit, reveal to them how wide and how long and how high and how deep is your love for them. God, I pray that you bring comfort to all those listening right now, and I ask that you continue to give us, your church, opportunities to use our freedom that you paid for us to serve others in love. Father, we pray this in your son's precious name. Amen. If you'd like to know more um, or hear more about what I've been talking about this morning, please feel free to send an email at hello at newfrontierschurch.com. But now, Evan is going to uh, close out our service today by singing a song about this wonderful freedom that we have in Jesus Christ.
5: We'll be singing along to my song, Celebrating the Lord, or Dancing on Holy Ground, or This Is Where the Party Is, one of those times. Anyway, it's a song I wrote for our church in Cape Town. Um, The church is called Jubilee Community Church. And every year we would hold a a thank offering. where We would bring our our gifts, an offering to, to really help lift up the poor. And then we would celebrate and give thanks to God for everything He's done throughout the year. So we'd have streamers and balloons. We dress up in colorful clothes and we just have a party and celebrate in the Lord together Um, but it really really was or is a an event where we celebrate being Jubilee and Jubilee really just means that Jesus is the one who has set us free the Jubilee year was when the Israelites were set free from captivity slavery of debt um, so all debts were cancelled, um, land went back to the original owners, slaves were set free. It was, a, it was a, an event that happened every 49 years, I think, when this great release of debt. So imagine your mortgage being forgiven or uh, your student loan being forgiven, how much you would party and celebrate. But our sins have been forgiven. Uh, it was for freedom that Christ has set us free. He's broken the chains that bind us. And uh, He set us free from the law of sin and death. And so, what greater reason to celebrate. So we're going to do that this morning to the song. So enjoy and let's dance on holy ground.
6: Since
0: Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to know more about our church, we would love to hear from you, so please get in touch. Have a great week.